Today, we are focusing our attention on the sculptor, Henry Moore. Henry Moore holds a special place in my own life. When I was at school, I became interested in sculpture. After some initial dabbling, I eventually undertook carving a piece of granite into the form of a gasping miner. The figure was inspired by one of Henry Moore's drawings of coal miners from Welldale Colliery, where his father had worked. These drawings are one of two series commissioned during the Second World War and for which Henry Moore is now quite well known. The other and perhaps better known series is Moore's wartime drawings of people sheltering from the bombing raids in the London underground. However, receiving such commissions from people in the establishment isn't something that could have been foreseen if one looks back to Moore's early life. Henry Spencer Moore was the sixth of seven children born at the end of the 19th century in a small mining town in Yorkshire. Like many of the men in the town, his father was a miner and it also appears a strong personality. As a teenager, young Henry wanted to study art, but his father persuaded him to become a teacher, seeing it as a more reliable career than being an artist. But Henry hated teaching, and he took the opportunity to join the army once he turned 18, which led to him being involved in the fighting of the First World War. He later said this, it was in those two years of war that I finally broke away from parental domination, which was very strong. My old friend, Miss Gostick, found out about ex-servicemen's grants. With her help, I applied and received one for the Leeds School of Art. This was understood from the outset merely to be a first step. London was the goal. And so it was that after studying in Leeds, Moore won a scholarship to study sculpture at the Royal Academy of Art here in London. He went on to develop his own distinctive style of sculpture and to rub shoulders with a host of emerging artists, including Barbara Hepworth and Ben Nicholson, and others who were part of the British Surrealist movement. Through the course of the 1940s, he made a name for himself and established an international reputation, winning the International Prize for Sculpture at the Venice Biennale in 1948. By the 1960s, he was publicly recognized here in the UK and was awarded the Order of Merit. And when he died in 1986, he was buried in the Artist's Corner at St. Paul's Cathedral. He is thus the best-known British sculpture, sculptor of the 20th century. Now, one of the most striking things about Henry Moore's work as a sculptor is its confinement to relatively few themes. Over three-quarters of all his work is covered by just two themes, the reclining figure and the mother and child. And Moore concentrated on these with an almost obsessional intensity. A fine example of his reclining figures can be found on Hampstead Heath in the gardens of Kenwood House. 
It's a sculpture which I enjoy visiting when I go for walks there with my wife. It displays classic features of Moore's mature work, a huge scale designed to be sighted outside with simplified and abstracted parts of the body. So although it broadly hints at a female figure, it's also suggestive of rocks, of cliffs and caves, all things that you might see in a landscape. I think it's noteworthy that Moore picked up stones, pebbles, shells, and bits of wood on his walks in the countryside and used their shapes and textures to inspire his sculptures. He said this, I found the principles and form and rhythm from the study of natural objects. Pebbles and rocks show nature's way of working stone. And this can be seen clearly in this amazing piece of rock that now sits here at the center of St. Stephen Walbrook and that in due course you're gonna get a chance to come and touch uh, during our intercessions. Now the idea for this new altar table at St. Stephen's emerged in the late 1960s when Chad Vara was the rector. It was during a time when the church was undertaking renovations to repair bomb damage from World War II. The desire was to replace the 17th century altar table on the wall behind me here, at which the priest stood with his back to the congregation in celebrating the Eucharist. In the 1960s, the congregation here felt that this kept God at a distance and no longer expressed the all-present nature of the God that they worshipped and served. So in responding to this new commission, 300 years after the church had been designed by Christopher Wren, the sculptor Henry Moore conceived a centrally placed marble altar. By carving a round altar table with forms cut into the circular sides, Moore appealed to the Old Testament ideas of an altar. Moore suggested that a stone at the center of the church could reflect the dome of the rock in Jerusalem. This is the rock seen as commemorating the sacrificial offering of Isaac by Abraham. And that sacrificial offering in turn is seen as prefiguring the sacrificial death of Jesus which we remember in the celebration of the Eucharistic meal. It's thus the place designed for people to gather as a community around the altar table where God is found at the center. And for me, therefore, it speaks to the recurring theme in the Jewish and Christian scriptures that God is the rock, the one who stands at the center and on whom we can always depend. So this stone table ultimately points to our faithful God, the true rock whose work is perfect and whose ways are just. And it is from this rock, as Christian disciples and as children of Abraham, that we ourselves are hewn. <laughs>